0: I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand, so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Larissa Worstiak. Through this podcast, I aim to empower and inspire jewelry entrepreneurs and innovators so they can thrive by doing what they love. I'm passionate about digital marketing for jewelry brands, and I'm excited to share my passion with you. This is episode 126, and today I'll be sharing my interview with Kate Youngstrom, the Director of Content and Community for Read Exhibitions, which oversees JCK events, among other things. Kate has worked for Reed for about a decade and has also served in positions like director of events and education and the event director for JCK Tucson. In this really exciting episode, we talk about some behind the scenes info about how the JCK show in Las Vegas this August will be even more exciting this year with tons of content education opportunities, ways for people, ways for attendees to be more interactive in their journey through JCK. I'm so excited about attending the show this year. And as a content marketing expert, Kate also shares some really awesome tips about content marketing and storytelling for jewelry brands. And she provides advice for jewelry brands that are hoping to break into trade shows in a post-COVID world. But before we get to that interview, I'm also really excited to make an announcement about my course Jewelry Marketing 101, which has been in development for about a year. It's now live and ready for students like you now enrolling. Jewelry Marketing 101 is a self-paced foundational video course with seven chapters and 50 lessons in total. By taking this course, you'll understand the foundations of jewelry marketing so you can begin implementing sound marketing practices for your jewelry business at a fraction of the cost of working with me one-on-one. For a limited time from now through the end of May, you can get $50 off enrollment by entering code PODCAST at checkout. To sign up, just visit JewelryMarketingSchool.com. I'm so excited to share this course with you and really think that you'll benefit from it. I also wanna share some marketing-related news and insights from the past week that caught my attention. So first, I saw this really interesting article from New York Times about how augmented reality, 3D printing, and other advances in technology are totally changing the jewelry industry and how people do business. A new breed of technophile jewelers are finding new ways to design, produce, and shop for jewelry. And one of the benefits of this is customers and clients can really customize jewelry pieces to their own specifications due to the COVID pandemic, digital aspects have expanded and more traditionalists are actually ready to acknowledge and indulge in all these technical advancements, which is really exciting for me because sometimes I feel the jewelry industry is a little bit behind in digital transformation. So I love reading about things like this. More and more online stores will need to adopt these technologies if they wanna stay competitive moving forward. And one example of a jewelry brand that's utilizing technologies is Boucheron. So their super notable example, they're using 3D scans of flower petals to create floral rings. Really exciting stuff. An article that I found in Adweek was all about virtual fatigue and the growing appetite for real life connection. No surprise, you know, I'm on Zoom all day. I am so looking forward to as I speak to Kate in this upcoming interview, going to shows like JCK, interacting with people. So how do you kind of combat consumers' virtual fatigue? You need to understand that your digital marketing strategy, yes, it's super important, but let's try to incorporate more in-person live events now that it is becoming more safe to do so. One really great quote from the article is, the past year has accelerated trends we were already seeing, a blend of digital and virtual with real life experiences. So just something to consider as we move forward in 2021 and how you're planning your marketing mix. And finally, an article from Glossy talked about the role of wanderlust in marketing. Raise your hand if you're feeling a ton of wanderlust right now in a world that's sort of starting to safely open up. Pre-pandemic, the jet-setting life was played, did play a big role in marketing, especially luxury marketing in beauty and jewelry brands and some fashion brands. It kind of helps create... A certain lifestyle of a person who loves to be out in the world and to travel. So lavish destinations and nights out were commonplace in marketing campaigns for brands pre-pandemic. Now that vaccination rates are climbing, consumers are really longing to travel again. So that feeling of wanderlust is kind of starting to creep its way back into digital marketing strategies, especially for these brands where that feels more appropriate. So I'm kind of curious, are you kind of incorporating this feeling of wanderlust into your own digital marketing campaigns? Does it play a role in your jewelry? Um, Are your target customers feeling wanderlust and would they appreciate some element of that in your marketing? All really interesting questions to ask. If you wanna get the links to the articles I mentioned in this segment of the podcast, you can sign up for my email newsletter by visiting joyjoya.com slash signup, and you'll get a digest with the links whenever a new episode drops. Okay, without any further ado, let's get to my interview with Kate. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Kate. I would Absolutely. love to thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I would love to learn a little bit about your position as the director of content and community for Reed. What are your day-to-day responsibilities look like? What does that even mean? Tell our listeners.
1: I mean, if you guys know, I would love somebody to tell me because it changes every day, but, um, in case anybody doesn't know, um, read exhibitions is the parent company of JCK, um, and many other, um, you know, trade shows in many verticals in, in throughout the world. Um, Overseeing the content department is my is my new role. And basically what it is is I get to work alongside a fantastic team um, that puts together comprehensive strategic analytical, you know, events, um, podcasts, blogs, trend panels, products that will drive engagement and education and community, right? The key word I think in that in that job title is, is community, right? We can create all the amazing content that we want. We can drive people to our websites and have them read our articles. But if they don't feel part of that brand's, you know, threadwork and that brand's community and loyal to those brands and really feel that we are here to be a resource to them, is there a day-to-day to help them get through whatever it is that their business needs, then that ultimately is not gonna work. So I think the the key word that I like that we often forget about is in my mind is that community piece.
0: Awesome. This is a pretty new position, right? You just transitioned into it. Yes, about six
1: months ago. I mean, I can't believe it's already been that long, um, but yes, um, I've been at Reed for about 10 years in a few different other positions and, and yes, recently transitioned into this role about six months
0: ago. So was this a position that was created to kind of accommodate all these new needs or did it already exist before?
1: It did not exist before. And I think that, you know, what we, what we all experienced with the pandemic, I always say like it took the next three or five years of our lives and shortened it into six months. Like some of the technologies that we discovered or the capabilities that we had as people, as companies, as friends, as employers, as staff, right? We. We tapped into resources in ourselves that we didn't even know that we had. So although I think this year round 365 initiative that you're starting to see some from many brands both that read and, and uh, throughout the world is something that I think people would have done eventually, right? We were already getting a little bit more tech savvy, a little bit more digital. I think that the pandemic just sort of took what was a, you know inevitable in the next three years and forced it into like six months. Um, so it is a new position out of some new goals that the company is looking to achieve, um, which I am thrilled to be able to be a part of, but um, it was inevitable. I think. think at some point.
0: That's super exciting. (laughs) So tell me a little bit, how did you get involved in the jewelry industry specifically? Was it accidental? I have some guests who like accidentally end up in it. Other people who like intentionally end up in it. Tell me how that happened for you. Totally accidental.
1: I didn't even know that you could be in the jewelry industry and you own a store, right? You know, you go to college, they don't tell you half (laughs) You can be when you grow up. Um, but I got a job at Reed in the marketing department, like I said, about 10 years ago. And and at that point, you service multiple brands within the company. So you could work on jewelry, you could work on golf, you could work on security. And I mean, obviously, any, you know, 22 year old girl falls in love with the jewelry portfolio. Um, and so I just kind of work my way through the company and through 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 reed to be able to eventually kind of be a little bit more permanent of a fixture on the jewelry team. And so although I don't fully 100% work on just jewelry now, I still have a hand in that um, very specifically. And um, I've been, you know, involved in that team now for the last seven or eight years. And I mean, what else could you ask for? You know what I mean? Jealous of all your diamond paintings in the back. And I know that feeling I have them in my office too, in my, my office and the, in the company. Um, and it's just, it's an industry that I think that like engulfs you, right. You can't, even if you're not a jeweler or a designer and you know, you have a position like mine, um, it, you really can't help but kind of immerse yourself in it. It's such like a community. It, It is a community and you kind of get sucked into
0: it. Yeah. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with that. I think that's why I love being in in this space too. And I, I feel like that more and more every day, like the more I'm immersed in it, the more I feel that way.
1: It's like, it's crazy. You see all the social media comments and the groups and, and you would think, and I know there's competition out there. Like I know there is, and it happens, but like ultimately like the things people share and the willingness they have to see each other support and grow and, and, and success stories and products that they share. And it, it really is like kind of amazing. I don't know that there's many industries like that out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'd really love to know about how JCK events and the JCK brand in general has pivoted during the COVID-19 pandemic. There's obvious things. I mean, the show had to get canceled. So tell me a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. And how did it change how you work for, for these brands?
1: So I think like the ultimate thing that, that JCK and the staff of JCK always has in mind is, is delivering the right experience for our customers, right? Like ultimately we are the marketplace where business gets done. And that is what we're always trying to achieve a, a space where retailers and, and brands and wholesalers and, you know, designers can come together and share their creations and, and, and really, you know, do business. And so when the show shut down um, last year, we, we scrambled to be able to figure out a way that how we could still provide that. So last year we did a few different things. We created. COVID resources page, where we worked with all of our industry partners and said, you know what, we're not going to produce content. You guys give it to us. We'll become a centralized resource and share it out so that everybody can come here and find what they need to know, how they can pivot, how they can help out, what they can do. Um, And then the second thing that we did was we created a virtual event. So it was a few days. It was a lot of incredible education, and it allowed those exhibitors and retailers to actually network and make meetings and get some business done. So it was a crazy, crazy pivot that I never thought would happen, but it challenged, I think us and our customers in ways that we would have never otherwise been challenged. Um, we spent a lot of time on the phone with them and listening to what it is that they needed. Um, and, and from that, we've developed a bit of a more strategic approach now going forward, but that the show is coming back um, to create two online products. So obviously, JCK The Show, thankfully, is coming back in August. New dates this year, just to be a little bit safer. Um, and the show will always be the best place to do business, right? I mean, there's no other way to see jewelry except in person. And that that's never going to go away. But So what we heard out of you know all of that listening to our customers and really getting to know them was they need some other solutions throughout the year you know they need some gaps they need some fill-in so we've created two incredible products um jck pro which is a subscription model that lives across our jck online um and that is just basically a subscription model that gives you vip perks on site it helps you become community like we've been talking about but you also get access to elevated education content and and news articles, right? So it's one of a kind stuff that you just can't get anywhere else. And then the other piece that we're launching is jeweler source, which is basically an online marketplace. Um, and so that is really going to be a destination for retailers and exhibitors to meet and find products all year round, whether it's new or it's just additional inventory, whatever that is, the platform, um, it's, it's boss logics and it's, it's, so insightful. It's incredible. And, and the unity that we're going to see in all these amazing products come together on Jeweler Source is, is really going to be amazing. It's also going to show trends that are coming out of our magazine team so that retailers know what's hot, what they need to be looking for. So, though, between those two products, as far as education and networking and product sourcing and trends, I mean, you're going to be able to get so much from jck at show and all year round and i think that that's the that's what came out of it was we heard our customers say we need we need more um and we're here to you know hopefully provide more to them in a in a an efficient way for
0: them yeah that's amazing were those products even like a thought in the mind of your team before covid or was this like a com- completely new direction for you guys you
1: know JCK has always had, I think, incredible content because of our magazine partner, right? That is something we've always been known for. And we've also always been known as like the best place to do business. So I think we always knew that we wanted to do more and we could do more. And we've been, you know, customers have come to us asking for that throughout the years. Um, So maybe it was like a, like a little speckle in our eye and it was a three-year plan or a five-year plan. Um, But I definitely think it came together quickly. Like I said, I think we were in Challenged is the word that we've been using, right? We've been challenged, but like, I like to think of it as empowered, right? We were empowered to say like, let's take a chance, something that maybe we would have taken years to do or or maybe not done at all, or maybe done differently. We are, we've empowered ourselves to take chances on creating products and experiences and opportunities that like maybe we otherwise wouldn't have. So yes, it was always a goal to be more accessible all year round to our customers um, and to those that maybe can't travel for whatever reason, um, but it definitely uh, empowered us, I think, to do it a lot more efficient, a lot quicker than we maybe we would have otherwise.
0: So many exciting things. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. This is why we don't sleep. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like you're very busy. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So I love that you said like you were interfacing directly with your customers and asking them what specifically they needed during the COVID pandemic. What are some other ways that you guys are focused on building these great relationships with your exhibitors and customers?
1: I mean, we spend, you know, we have a humongous team and this team is tasked with really being boots on the ground, really. Um, You know, I think it's interesting. Trade shows are always an interesting, you know, Reed is an interesting company to work for. We architect these fantastic events for these different industries, yet ourselves, we are not the industry ourselves. So I think that you have to have you know, those people, I call them boots on the ground, that really are the ones bringing to the front to say, these are the issues that people are having. This is what the customers need. This is what the industry is looking for. And, and we really have done that by building what I feel like is the largest and diverse community of jewelers, suppliers, designers, manufacturers that come and attend this event. And I think that the reason that we see that grow and then come back every year is that sort of transparency and loyalty that we build with them, right? We are, I've always been, you know, the place for them to come and do business in the most successful way. And so as long as we continue to listen to them and hear them and work alongside them, I think that that's, you know, ultimately what people are looking for. Um, We have a fantastic that we work with very closely um and we attend a lot of in person events we re- we have great relationships with the industry associations the AGS and the WJA i mean the information that those groups have i think is is valuable to us as well um and you know our retail community is extremely loyal and and they're they're brilliant by the way i mean we have someone on our team that deals with retailers and the the things that they come to us with to say this is what i did you know i had a I met a woman at we actually held a show, JIS, in um, March, go with the JIS team. And I met a woman down there and she was just sharing all of these innovative ways that she has transformed her business. And she's now going to be presenting that at JCK. And so it, it's not necessarily me presenting anything at JCK, right? It's finding the people within our community to share with each other. And that's the value add, I think, that JCK brings is, you know, it really brings everybody together um, in this incredibly diverse and large scale type way.
0: Yeah, I know I'm personally very excited about the August show. I'm like dying to like go interact with people. <laughs> like Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be stuck in this like Zoom box anymore. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: The only good thing about the Zoom box is, I like have a nice shirt on and makeup, but I'm wearing leggings underneath this. Stuff. Same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So what, so speaking of that August show, what are some creative ways that you have been, you know, trying to promote it? How are you going to increase traffic from attendees? Like, what are some ways that you are getting people excited about it? And what are maybe some unique things that people will be able to find at this show that they haven't in previous shows?
1: So, I mean, obviously health and safety is gonna to be top of mind for us. Um, we are working closely. We have an entire you know group inside at Reed that is responsible for this from our operations team, for our legal team to like lots of outside experts in health and safety. So we will be following, you know, all of the different rules and regulations from distancing to, you know, temperature checks, to masking, whatever, you know, is the, you know, piece that will keep everybody the safest. So that is first and foremost, is if anybody is considering coming to the show and worried that like, you know, it's not gonna be safe, like please know that it definitely will be. And we are taking every precaution to make sure that that is the case. Uh, we had a successful event. and um, Like I mentioned, JIS in Miami in March, and it was like, Incredible to see the people come back together. It really was, and and everybody was so willing to just follow the rules because they just wanted to be back to be doing business. You know, of course, there's like the expectation that like people will be frustrated, and and they weren't. They were really so willing to just say, you know what, we appreciate all the safety that you're putting in place here, and we're gonna help and be be a you know a part of the solution. And it was really awesome. Um, some new things I feel like that you'll you'll see on site this year are um, the floor plan has changed a little bit, um, obviously, you know, and that's always exciting. So new things to discover. I mean, I will say the one incredible thing is that the exhibitors every year turn out new products at JCK. I, I will say that's where we we like to say trends are born um, and new products are launched. And I mean, that is the one thing that like, you know, we can't even tell you what they're going to be yet, but we do a new product lookbook and this stuff that comes out that is launching at JCK, I mean, it's just... It's really just incredible. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we have a new area on the show floor. It's been sort of repurposed. It's called the Design Collective. Um, it was formerly the Design Center, but it has it, it, has been, you know, like I said, rebranded, repurposed, and it is debuting, you know, for the first time in 2021. Um, it features a luxurious, one of a kind fine jewelry, designers, trends. There's a pavilion um, within that um, with the WJA, a partnership with the WJA that we're launching for the first time. So we're really excited about that. Um, obviously, visiting the luxury show floor is always incredible. I mean, the stuff that comes out of there is like a girl's dream. Um, and then there's a lot of new education that's happening. And we've rethought our education a little bit this year as well. So we have a showcase stage on the show floor, um, which is where a lot of amazing content comes out of. We have two other conference rooms. And in addition to that, we're going to be doing a lot of streaming. So we're going to be creating these viewing pods around the show floor so that if, let's say, you're in you know, the International Pavilion or the Passport area or, you know, you're in essentials and technology and you want to run and catch a session, you're actually going to be able to go to a viewing pod nearest to you and watch that education live. I Even mean, though it's happening upstairs, we're really trying to make it convenient for everybody this year because I know they have two years of shopping to do in one year. Um, so we're really excited about that kind of spreading out and making our education more accessible. Um, we are going to have a content creation zone this year on the show floor um, in partnership with the Smithy group to really show retailers from purchasing you know a ring how do i get this out to the to the consumer what is the best way to use this incredible product that i have to drive content and awareness and get eyes on my social media page to get bodies in my store and ultimately sell um, and then we'll also have our new podcast zone which you will be part of this year so we're really excited about that you can you know everyone's gonna be able to see some of their favorite industry podcasts Podcasters live and maybe get interviewed. And so it'll be really fun. Um, and really just looking to infuse some excitement and some newness into the show. I mean, I think everybody's going to be like on a scavenger hunt for all of the amazing products they miss. Um, but, you know, some of the things that you know and love from JCK will still, of course, be there. Um, we're still looking to have all of the different keynotes and education um, just in a safer way. So there will be some, some masks involved, but there will still be some amazing, amazing discoveries this year.
0: Yeah, I was already excited and now I'm even more pumped just like listening (laughs) to you talk about all the cool things. It seems like you're trying to be innovative and think outside the box and like really, as you were saying before, consider the needs of your exhibitors and customers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we it's funny because we hear so often like JCK is so big and it's like, well, that's like the best part, part about it, right? It's the best, you know, it's the best part about it. And our marketing team is always trying to, to explain to people how to have your own show within the show, right? How to really create what you need. And there's so many tools from like matchmaking and, and all of the different, the mobile app. And there's so many ways to do that, but it is still, you know, we know so much, we're so close to it. So any way that, you know, we can kind of step back sometimes and say, what is it that a retailer would want or need on their very first day at JCK? Like that's what we're sort of trying to implement. And I think that that's also what we've seen over the last year, not being able to be face-to-face with our customers has has been difficult, but it has also was in, allowed us to be inspired and, and to be inspirational um, to say, we're going to get creative about how we can kind of drive that for them. And so you'll see that at the show too. And the VIP JCK Pro area, I'm very excited about. So you have to be a JCK pro to go to the VIP lounge area, but I mean, I think that I'm going to try to sneak in there. <laughs>
0: I just like the sound of VIP. I'm gonna have to check that out myself. <laughs> VIP perks, I'm
1: telling you. VIP perks. That's what everybody wants. A foot massage. That's what everybody needs. Oh
0: hey now. No, I, I don't like know that. About that. <laughs> That's what I need when I'm at a show. Totally. Um, so. Since you are the expert of content and community, I would really love for you to speak to the importance of content marketing for the jewelry industry. Like what are some insights that you have? How can brands really use content to elevate their messaging?
1: I think that content does, you know, the word content gets thrown around a lot and really content can be defined as anything, right? It could be a social media picture. It could be a story. It could be what you and I are doing right now is content. But I think what, what stores or brands can do is what where content becomes really valuable to them is it it takes away the selling piece of it. So you're selling without saying, buy this for $10. Um, you know, it, it takes a problem or an issue or or an excitement that they might have and allows them to be, see themselves either having that problem solved or wearing that piece of jewelry or really, if a brand can be relatable to that customer and put themselves in that customer's shoes, then that's kind of, that's a sold deal, like a done deal, right? Like, you know, I've been searching for cover-ups because I'm going on vacation and now I'm getting served ads for cover-ups and it's annoying, but there's one or two in there that actually make it seem more appealing, right? It's a story or it's a, like I said, it solves my problem. It's, it's, it's not it's not so flashy as much as it is makes me feel like I'm part of their brand, part of their community, right? Um, Everyone is selling something, but selling somebody the experience, I think, is the piece where content comes into play. Now, whether that's coming into the store and trying something on because I saw that diamond and I had to have it, or it's ordering it online, whatever that becomes, using content, I think, to break down those barriers of buy, buy, sell, 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 and making it more of a, brand involvement, a brand engagement, a brand loyalty is I think the real value of that a lot of different stores and, and and brands alike could kind of find.
0: Yeah. So many important points you made. I mean, thinking of content as an experience, totally hundred percent. I agree with that.
1: You know, it's, it's crazy. You, we, we don't realize like was something I was, I attended a really great conference this week and, and they, they said something about how many different ads the average person sees in a month. And it was like millions and you know, that's a hard space to be in right? You know, it's hard. How do you compete with that? It is really hard. And it's it's trying to find your right audience, right? And then trying to deliver solutions for them. And, and those solutions are probably going to be different. That's the other piece I think of, of content marketing that is important is understanding who it is that you're reaching out to, right? We're always going to have broad messaging. We're always going to have come to JCK or come to my shop or whatever that is, buy my Toyota. But if you can figure out who your target audience is and really reach them on their level and help solve their problems and help understand the way that they would use your product in their everyday life, I think that's how you find people really starting to engage with your brand, right? And then from there, I mean, once they're in, it's all about retention, right? Come once, that's great. We need you to come six times. We need you to come seven times. So it's continuing to deliver engaging experiences that, that get them loyal to you. And again, that's that community piece, right? You know, customer service, that's where that really comes, it really comes into play. So I think content can get them in the door and then it's that continued journey that they have to take with your brand. It doesn't stop just because they follow you on Instagram does not mean it stops there. Right. Um, It is a long journey of saying, you know what, I'm always going to go to this deli because of these 10 reasons. This is how they got me there. But these are the 10 reasons I chose to stay. Um, And that's two different hats to wear, but they're both equally as important.
0: So many good reality checks, I think, for people (laughs) who listen. I mean, I talk to like business owners, jewelry brands every day where they're like, why isn't anyone paying attention to this ad? Why am I not getting likes? Like they forget that this is an ongoing relationship. And that storytelling Mm -hmm. is such a big part of it. That experience is such a big part of it. And consumers are so bombarded on all sides. Mm -hmm. And, and you forget that when like your business is the center of your universe, like you see it as your baby. Why doesn't everyone yeah. love my baby? Like, it's so yeah. cute. <laughs> why do you like, see, well, why don't
1: I love my baby? It's really hard to take it, you know, to take a step back and look at your own. You, you said it exactly the way. We're so immersed in it. We're so involved and and so passionate, right? That's, like I said it earlier, like jewelers are just so passionate. Like you get so under unaware of why something isn't working. But I think that's also a great example of asking friends outside the industry to take a look at something, right? Send them your email campaign, send them your, your PPC campaign, have somebody that knows nothing about your industry, take a look at something and really find inspiration from other other brands. Don't be afraid to to go watch a video on, on Nike's marketing and why Nike was successful because you don't have a pair of shoes. There may be one tiny piece of thing in there that resonates with you and that that's that's all that you need. Um, figure out I like to figure out why I open emails. You know what why do I go to certain websites when I'm trying to think about our customers? Okay, I read, you know, CNBC, I read Refinery29. Why am I making the actual choices to go there without getting served an ad, right? I'm making choices to go to that website. Um, And if I can figure out why it is that I like it, right. And break that down into easy to read lots of content, you know, accessible for my age group, whatever it is. Um, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, we can start learning from our own actions. Um, one of my favorite websites to shop is, is actually shop And I don't even go to the categories of dresses or shoes. I go to the category that's like editor's picks, most hearted, color crush of the month. And it's, it takes all of this information out there and really condenses it down into six or seven categories. And I can shop six or seven categories, right? I can't shop thousands of pieces, but those six or seven categories appeal to six or seven different demographics. Like, okay, I, I want to be trendy. So I want to know what your editors are saying. Great. I hate the color purple. So I'm not going to click, color purple, right. It c- crush purple, but I will click, you know, summer must-haves. Like it really is taking all that you have. And I think finding, you know, that's seven different categories. Like I said, it's seven different people that are going to be able to now understand what your products are without having to get lost. Um, and it wasn't overwhelming and it wasn't super difficult to create, but you were able to relate to them in those different categories and probably convert them. And now that I understand, I go back to that and I know that it changes and it refreshes and I can always go there to see, you know, what the new color crushes. Maybe it'll be blue next month that I'll be happier. But, and I think that those are ways of, of recognizing That that's how we as consumers, we're consumers of products. um, And how do we relate to things and and how can we implement that in our businesses is also really important.
0: So many good tips, wisdom, (laughs) like I'm always telling this stuff to my clients but I feel like I shouldn't have worn purple today.
1: <laughs> I said purple because you were wearing it, but I love purple. I, I can't listen. I, we, um, Reed owns JIS, like I mentioned, and they are the purple mafia. So I have a soft spot in my heart. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, I'm just joking. But yeah, you made so many good points. I don't even know where to start. Um, Like becoming, instead of just being a shopper like you normally are, I recommend my clients or jewelry brands to be more of like self-study how you Mm -hmm. shop instead of just like letting it happen to you because a lot of it is kind of common sense. Like whatever you enjoy as a consumer, probably a a lot of other people feel that same way. So like you can be your own like observer of
1: e-commerce
0: and shopping. Um,
1: and not the customer service, right? Like if you went into a store and you were served a great customer service, you may go back and say, guys, we have to start doing this in our store. It was great. It was the best experience ever. That doesn't change for online, right? Like most people, like look something up online before they go in store, especially a big purchase. So like their first interaction with your brand a lot of times is online or especially in jewelry, it's researching about diamonds, right? It's, it's, you know, take the, take the, you know, the couple that's about to get engaged, whether it's, you know, a man or a woman that's proposing or researching, like most people are researching before they go in. Um, And so their first interaction is some sort of technology piece. You know what I mean? It happens where they walk in off the street. It's not often anymore. Um, so really trying to figure out how to put yourself in those shoes, right? What would you like go bang a car, right? You research all before you go. You don't just go to Toyota. You don't just go to Mercedes, right? You research. And when you get there, like you, you fill out a questionnaire, they've asked you a bunch of questions. They know what you need. Um, and it is, it is super interesting to see how like that, that, that kind of conversion and that sort of your own enjoyment and your own shopping habits, how can you figure out what that is and what you can create for your customers?
0: Yeah. And everything you said about the like more curated shopping experience online to hundred percent agree. If there's probably one mistake or missed opportunity that I see the most with brands I work with, it's that they are not curating their products, at least not on a very regular basis. Maybe they're doing it like a big holidays coming up, but okay. That's like the bare minimum, like show me (laughs) stuff every other week or every week. However, often you can keep up with that because I don't want to be sifting through all your products.
1: (laughs) No, no. And I think the fear is, is that if I, If I feature yellow on the page today, anybody that's not interested in yellow, you know, won't come back. And I I understand that fear, right? But if you have three or four categories, right? And those change out enough and your social media ties to what that category is. So maybe I went on your page and I saw yellow last month and I'm like, ew, I hate yellow. But I follow you on social media and your PPC campaign is promoting pink and I love pink. So now I go back to your website and there's your pink category, right? So you don't have to be everything to everybody at every time. And I think that that's the ultimate fear. Yeah consumer-facing brand is I don't want to lose bodies, but you also don't want to be promoting something to somebody that they're never going to convert on, right? This losing losing traffic is the same thing as pushing yellow diamonds to someone that hates them instead of pushing them pink diamonds, right? So until you can understand more about them as you collect data and analyze it, right, being diverse in in the different segment offerings and knowing that there's a time where you can actually focus on different groups that are going to probably convert higher, like that's okay, right? Like you will get them eventually when it's their turn and when there's something out there that will engage with them um and and I, I understand that fear I do totally understand that fear um you know I also curate the education at JCK on JCK the JCK talks program and we very often want to make sure that we have everything for everybody right and, and JCK is the marketplace and and sometimes I have to say you know what it's okay to have a session that is specifically on you know rubies because that's what's really hot and trending and that's what my mark my magazine team who's my boots on the ground has said this is what people need to know about Kate and so if myself sometimes from saying, you know what, it is okay to have a very targeted message because those people that engage with it are going to be so educated and so happy and they'll convert to other things, right? They'll, I've got them in the door to involve with our education and now they're going to go to more and they're going to shop those rubies and our exhibitors will be happy, right? It's a full circle sort of experience, um, but scary. It's scary. You know what I mean? It's hard, especially when you've been doing something one way for so long um, to make that conversion is hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a saying, if you market to everyone, then you market to no one. So it's like, yeah, you can try to cast the net wide, but actually it can be a disservice in many ways because you, you don't have any focus in your messaging. Right. Who came up with that saying? I, I don't know. I should probably look that up. Cause I say it a lot and I don't, I
1: don't know. Where it I think from. you should just like tape it to all of our computers, right? Like I should have it taped right to my computer. <laughs> It's a good one. Yeah, it <laughs> definitely is. print it out. It is. It is because it's like it's counterintuitive to what we want. Right. You know what We want everyone to know everything. And um, so it's definitely one of those things that you, you know, a mantra you read that like sort of checks yourself every day. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I, love the thing that. I think brands in jewelry do really well. And we see a lot of is making it personal, right? I mean, you know, we see a lot of some of these amazing stores getting right on their Facebook pages, doing lives, talking about products, sharing engagement stories, you know, that makes it more real for a consumer to see, you know, especially I think the young consumers, they want to feel like they're part of, of, of something. Um, you know what I mean? Whether that's sustainability or, or human rights or whatever it becomes, right? Everybody has sort of something they're passionate about at this point. So when they can, find a relatable pinpoint in something, or they say, you know what, that guy looks trustworthy. I'm going to talk to him like that matters. Um, and so I think taking, breaking down that barrier of just being a brand and really allowing like yourself and your staff to get more personal, I think is, is really also valuable.
0: Absolutely. So my last question for you for in this post COVID world, um, we're emerging from. We're like jewelry. Jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> born from I'm going to pull like special effects in this video for
1: (laughs) for those that listening. We're like using really like creature crawly hand moments.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so for brands that are new to trade shows or they're like dying to get into more in-person events now, seeing the value of it hungry to get in front of people, what tips do you have for, for these brands?
1: (sighs) Um, to to try it all, right? I mean, I think the assumption is is that you buy a booth and a million people are going to walk by, and 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 that's true because there are almost a million people at JCK, um, but there has to be, we're talking, what we're talking about right now is, is finding your niche and getting yourself out there. And that has to be the same thing at these shows too, right? You need to be prepared with marketing, with sponsorships, with the right products that are going to be able to be, you know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to go to the networking events. You have to be, join the WJ, join the HES. You know what I mean? Raise your hand to the, to the JCK community and say, if you guys are doing something, can I help, right? You have to be able to immerse yourself in the industry. I mean, yes, in some cases product speaks for itself, but you You have to almost, I think, get into these spaces to say, um, you know, show who you are. Um, You know, it, it is there are there is so much inventory out there, but I love when I see one retailer find one new designer, and then by next year they're in in everyone's store because they were able to kind of break that barrier. But most of the time you know what I mean? A lot of those relationships are by, you know, stepping outside of your booth and saying, come over and check it out by going and having lunch with somebody and saying, come over and check it out by putting yourself out there and doing one of those maybe sponsorship activations. You would have said, no, I'm too small to do like, no way. You know what I mean? Like those things are meant to get eyes on your product and they do. And, and what a really cool experience that is. Um, the booth is the biggest part of what you have to do to be there, but what you do around that booth, I think is really what sets people apart.
0: Amazing. Really good advice. advice. Um, And that's so exciting to think like, of. I I work with a lot of clients that are direct to consumer. They want to get more into retailers. And like you said, if you can kind of break that one barrier, yeah. like it can open so many doors for you. So there's a lot of hope oh, and it. encouragement there.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of like, I know this also sounds silly, like award programs, but like, you know, JCK magazine does this like amazing set of like award programs, and there's like 40 or 50 winners. The design area at JCK has an amazing award program. And it sounds like, oh, you know, something that like I would do that. I used to brush that stuff off in school all the time. Like I don't need to be a part of that, but you really do because you're getting exposure to editors and writers and retailers and different teams and even just your peers, right? There's a peer relationship there as well that is huge. And that was, I was saying earlier, like, of course there's competitiveness, but in this community, like it's sort of also like help and be helped, right? Like everybody knows somebody that can help somebody else. And I think that like exposing yourself to all facets of uh, obviously the retailer from a brand perspective is the most important, but there's so many other outlets that can lead you to that. Um, and really just saying, no, don't say no to any opportunity, right? You know, there are, when you leave Vegas, you should be tired and swollen and have not left because you went to, every networking event and every dinner and you, you sat at that booth eager and you, you know what I mean there you should really be exhausted when you leave sleep is for home Vegas is for taking every opportunity that you could possibly
0: find perfect I love it so is there anything else you want to share that we didn't cover today anything you're excited about I'm really excited about, you know, this,
1: this, I know, you know, obviously I cannot wait to be back in person. I cannot wait for my own swollen feet and to really see everybody come together, but I'm also just excited about the future of JCK. I mean, the, the things that is coming out of the brand, the, the year round, incredible content, the marketplace opportunities, the emphasized re, you know, reimagined show floor. It really has been an incredible, challenging, but like I said, inspiring year for the brand. And I think that what the customer is going to get out of it is is everything that they've always wanted, right? We have kind of level set ourselves to say, we're here for you in all of these ways. We're here for you, 365. We're delivering the best show experience. And in the meantime, like, what way do you want to be part of our world? We're here to service that, right? So there's no longer just one way to interact with JCK. There's almost there's like three or four. And um, you know, not in an overwhelming way, in a really targeted way to say whatever your issues are, we're gonna help solve that and and grow your business forward and help optimize your business. And I think that ultimately as a as a brand that is looking to do that as a show that has been the place to do business to now be the brand that does business all year round. I mean, how cool is that? And, and really like looking forward to how impactful that can be for both our retailers and our exhibitors.
0: Yeah. That's super exciting. Yes. And I'm excited to see your podcast. With JCK. That's the other thing I would say. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to that all the cool awesome. content. Like I'm just really happy that I'm going to be a part of it.
1: Well, we're thrilled to have you. It is really going to be a really great year. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to reach you, Kate? Just send me an email,
1: Youngstrom at readexpo.com. Um, I will always respond. Give me, give me 24 hours, but you could always reach out to me. Um, or if you know somebody else on the JCK team and you want to connect with me through them, please, please always reach out. Um, you know, I think that's the number one part of our job is is customers and is is you guys. We we need to be able to create something that is useful and beneficial. So we're always um, our door is always open to to hear more.
0: I love it. Well, thanks so much for your time, Kate. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me.
1: I will come back anytime.
0: <laughs> I loved having the opportunity to chat with Kate, and I hope that you enjoyed the interview as well. It was so great to hear everything that's coming up with JCK this year, to hear her insights about content marketing and storytelling, and all her tips for brands that are trying to break into trade shows. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, you can get $50 off my new course, Jewelry Marketing 101, for a limited time by visiting jewelrymarketingschool.com and entering promo code podcast at checkout. It's a limited time offer that will only last till May 31st, 2021. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions, you can always email me, Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. I love hearing from my listeners. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.